This is the Answers from Leadership podcast, and I'm your host, Joseph Lalonde. Each episode, we bring you answers from the best and brightest in leadership. So sit back and get ready. Here comes Answers from Leadership. I've got Richard McLemore today with us. Richard is the Canada BDC Regional Manager for Oracle. His specialties include coaching, revenue attainment, and career development, where he teaches others how to set goals and attain them. Richard, what else can you tell us about yourself? Well, I'm... uh... I played football at the University of Oklahoma. I was in Special Forces. I was deployed to Vietnam and Laos. Uh, and since then, I came out of uh, college with no discernible sales and so uh, skills. So I got a job as a credit manager, and I kept going out on sales calls with salespeople. Found out they made a whole lot more money than I did and turned my interest toward wanting to be a salesperson. And I've done that successfully now for 35 years. I know you like to talk about mentoring, so what does mentoring look like to you? You know, that's a good question because I think it looks a lot different to different people, but essentially what mentoring looks to me about is that, you know, you want to have make sure that you have some expertise or you, you show some special care in wanting to work with people. I think that's the number one requirement. I think you... Uh, you want to create good relationships. And good relationships don't always mean no arguments, no conflicts in a relationship. Because I think a mentor is a, a person who needs to be able to take a stance, you know, offer suggestions uh, to people, uh, have courage, build relationships with them, and be able to speak very frankly about what they think uh, a person's uh, free will should be able to take them on a path or not. I know you gave a couple of requirements for being a mentor there. Do you think Well, actually, like- I, I, have, I have nine requirements from how I was always taught. So, you know, it, uh, I, I could talk. Uh, I mean, it starts with being able to inspire and motivate people. That's okay. really what a mentor does. You know, they need to have a high degree of collaboration with people. Uh, they need to have courage. Uh, they should obviously be able to build a relationship with people. Uh, they need to be able to develop and uh support others there needs to be trust at all times with people you need to be able to walk the talk instead of uh, talk the walk uh, you need to have a strategic uh, posture and perspective about things and you need to drive for res- uh, for results at all times and you know that when you're offering the best of you i find that that's often a thing that mentors the good ones are really acknowledged for if somebody has those nine requirements do you think anybody in that kind of position could become a mentor? Well, I, you know, I think what is required to be a mentor is that you know you you have some experience, you have some development skills, and you have nurturing skills, and then they have to want to do the work. You know, there's a lot of good people out here who don't want to take the time to share with other people. So I think those those are people want to seek experience oftentimes now experience comes in a lot of varieties and a lot of different flavors and and people but uh you know you need to be an active listener you need to you know have dedication toward their success i think it it's obviously a skill that can be learned but i'm not sure it's a skill that can be uh transposed i think you have to want to be a mentor in order to be a mentor i I can see that if you don't want to help somebody you're probably not going to help somebody. And there's a lot of people out here very skilled and could offer a lot of suggestions. They just don't want to help anybody. You know, they want to help themselves and there's, you know, whatever 
whatever mindset they're working from is not one of caring and sharing and those kind of things. And that's what I really see is one of my strengths is that I'm really concerned about adding value to other people rather than only gaining value myself. Right. Have you had a mentor before? Oh, I have mentors now. I have sales mentors. I have uh, NLP mentors. So, yeah, I, I definitely believe in seeking mentors because it'll take you down the right path. And now I qualify my mentors. I mean, I wouldn't go to a person who doesn't have, you know, there's all kinds of things that I look for as attributes. But they need to be able to, to guide, to lead, to suggest you know, to argue uh, from time to time, keep me on the right path. So, yeah, I, I definitely seek uh, good mentors in, in different stages of my life. Can you give us an example of how a mentor has helped you in the past? Oh, yeah, I, I have a mentor now, a gentleman by the name of Matthew Pollard, and he's a European, or excuse me, an Australian hero, in my opinion. He uh, came to the U.S. in February. I was one of his first U.S. connections. And his knowledge, he's, you know, he's about a third my age, but he's just, the life experiences he's already had is where I want to go. And so I enlisted with him. Uh, he's given me great advice on things that I need to pursue to help my branding, to help my professionalism, to help identify the things about trust and caring and all the things that I really believe in and brings those out as strengths and, you know, diminishes the things that I'm not that good in anyway. So... Uh, he's been a tremendous help in my life in that regard. Something you mentioned there was that your one of your current mentors is actually younger than you. Yes, and that's uh, you know the, uh, I'm I'm an old man. I'm almost sixty, so I've seen a lot of different uh, twilights in my life. But you know, I don't think anyone ever escapes the ability to learn if they have the propensity to want to learn. So. You don't have to learn from somebody older than you. You can learn from somebody younger. All in what somebody knows. That's right, you know, and what the value is that you perceive and they demonstrate they can provide to you. Another thing you've talked about before in the past I've seen is positive behaviors. Yes, I definitely am a positive behavior advocate. You know, I I, uh, was trained in Sandler, and so I believe that positive behaviors bring on positive attitudes that result in great technique. You know, it's that three-way triangle, if you will. So everything I do, I try to do through example. You know, my life has been one of high competitiveness and achievement, uh, but there's got to also be, and I don't want to say boundaries, but there's got to be stretches that you're not willing to take. You know, I'm never willing to sacrifice my integrity. Did I lose you there, Richard? I'll still, you know, express those three things because those are the highlights of what makes us human from my perspective is, you know, you can you can be however difficult you want to be in life, but at the end of the day... You know, you've got to be able to sleep and feel good about yourself and know that you're making a difference for good in the life. Yeah, it, can, it can be difficult going home and, you know, just feeling bad about what you're doing, right? Well, yeah, you know, I'm not, I, I have three dogs that would all kill me if I tried to kick them, so I can't do that. I have a wife I've been married to for 40 years who would probably uh, uh, put me out of my misery should I want to take anything out on her. So, you know, it's just easier for me to look at good things in life and be appreciative rather than always wanting or or being vain and jealous of things I don't have. I mean, what's something a leader can do to encourage positive behavior change in their team? Well, you know, there's lots of stuff they can do. I mean, when you start thinking about what that really means, it, it's uh, in itself 
you can answer your own questions by doing that. I mean, you can be an active listener. You know, you can uh, show interest in their in the, what they're wanting to accomplish. Um, you can get engaged with their people and with their surroundings. I really believe that because I believe that when you talk to only one person, you're getting a biased view of what that person wants to represent to you. So when I mentor, I often ask to be introduced to their best friends, their even their wives and their kids, you know, because it's it makes a difference because then you can get different perspectives and planes of how they see that person. And, you know, it's a 360 view that I always try to share with people. It's not just mine and your relationship. It's the relationship that I'm sensing that you have with these other people. And here's some things that you might want to consider doing to make those better. So it, uh, it's all-encompassing. Right. Now, when you try and get these 360 views of, of the people you're mentoring, do you ever get pushback when you say, hey, can I talk to a friend or a spouse of, spouse of yours? Oh, Sure, I mean, from time to time until, you know, I think you always have to get people in a area of being safe. And once you can get that area of being safe with people, everything's possible. I mean, I've been in sales 35 years. I've asked extremely difficult and, you know, uh, some people would say terse or even uh, intrusive questions. But once you have an area of trust with people, you'll find out that, People will share with you anything because everybody's after the same thing. Everybody wants to have goodness in their life. They want to have satisfaction. They want to have happiness. Everybody does. I have not ever met a person that doesn't want to have those things. And so what my job or while I see my mission in life is try to help them realize how to get to that area from where they are today. You mentioned trust. Do you have any tips on, for leaders on how to get to that level of trust with people so that they open up with you? Well, you you can't ever deceive them you can't lie to them uh there might be things that you withhold but that's not uh that's not lying or or in any way stretching the truth with things you know you've got to know they've got to know that you've got their back that's a big area of trust um i came from special forces where we never left a never left a comrade behind you know so i will do things from time to time that'll be out of the ordinary just to show that i'm I'm a trustworthy person they can feel safe with at all times. You know, I don't, uh, I'm not a rumor monger, although I have people, like in today's meeting, I had 10 people telling me things that if their spouses knew or if their other, my bosses knew, we'd all be fired. But, you know, that's, that's what it's about, you know, just being able to share good information with people and knowing that it's going to be held in the highest regard and that it's safe. You know, I'm all about having a good, safe, respectful environment. Early in the interview, you mentioned that you're going on 60 soon. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm an old man. (laughs) You're not too old. I mean, well, I'm a spry old man, though. You know, I'm around 22, 24 year olds all my life, so that keeps me a little younger. Yeah, but I think you surround yourself with younger people, it keeps you younger. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Knowing that you're almost 60, what do you wish you would have known about leadership when you were, you know, in your 30s? You know, I could I could talk forever about this because I'm I like to be perspective. You know, it's, it starts with simple things like I'd like to know that failure was an option. You know, there's the you know I'd like to know back then that there's a difference between friends and drinking buddies. Um, it gets to you know I, there was an era I went through that I kind of imagined my 
itself and the confidence of Tom Cruise over in Top Gun. You know, I, I, looking back at things, I've had a I've had an interesting life. I wish I'd known that uh, having two good sisters, strong sisters, was a blessing. You know, I, I grew up in a family of nine, and so it was always a fight for the bathroom. I don't know if you've ever had that environment, but that's uh, something that I wish I'd known now. Um, and you know, when I look introspectively up all my life, you know, I wish I'd known that being positive really can change your thoughts and indeed change your life. And that's a lesson I've always had that input to me because I had great parents. But you know, you you always have a period of rebelliousness that you go through. Uh, you always have a period of doubt and fear. And I don't have that anymore. I, I be honest and look at you and tell you, I'm not a man that fears anything anymore, not even my own mortality. So I know that I'm going to do the right things on the time I have remaining, and there'll be a reward of whatever that reward is at the end of the day. One question I like to ask all of my guests is, is there a book or two that you could recommend to help a leader go deeper? Oh, I'll tell you, there's, I, I'm a vicarious reader, and there's a book that when you ask me that question, it's, you know, it's by Tony Dungy, the uh, Super Bowl uh, coach, and it's the uh, mentoring uh, the Mentor Leader is his book, and it's a wonderful book, and it's one that I'd recommend all of your listeners uh, reach out on Amazon and buy because uh, he takes it from a sporting background, but he's also a very religious man, and he just shows how to build quality teams and have people recognize they can live quality lives. So that is a number one book, along with the Bible, of course. I think that's that's the all-time given book that uh, everybody should read at any time in their lives. But uh, for leaders, the mentor leader is top of my list. Right. Sounds like a great book. It is. Uh, and as we wrap up this interview, do you have anything else you'd like to share with up-and-coming leaders? You know, have courage. That's the main thing. And and don't get so tied up in bureaucracies at work. And, you know, every company uh, – and I've had – six that I've worked for. Each of them were different. Each of them had different cultures. Each of them had different idiosyncrasies that they wanted to recognize. But be yourself. You know, at the end of the day, be who you are, like who you are, do right by others, and you'll have a wonderful life. And, you know, I think and if the company who you're working for doesn't like you that way, there's other companies who will love you that way. So, you know, always see yourself as the, bring out the goodness in others as you would in yourself. I think that's fantastic advice as we're wrapping up the interview. I want to th- say thank you once again, Richard. Joe, I very much appreciate this opportunity myself. So thank you. My pleasure. Richard McLemore sure dropped a lot of insight into finding and being a mentor. A couple of my key takeaways from our conversation were mentoring isn't a one size fits all deal. It's going to look different for each of us, and we've got to find a mentor that works for us. Your mentor also doesn't have to be older than you. You can be mentored by someone younger than you who has more wisdom in the area you need to improve. And lastly, we need to qualify our mentors. You want a mentor that will work for you. To do this, you have to look and search to make sure they fit. You can also find the show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this podcast at jmlalone.com slash 006. You will also find a link to the show on iTunes. Thanks for listening in on Episode 6 of the Answers from Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes like John Stolpe did this past week. This will help get the show in front of more leaders so they can take advantage of the wisdom from our guests.